little touch pass there. Benson waiting, cuts in, he scores! Oh my! Here comes Zach Funk, right wing side. Zach Funk to right and he scores! Drops it back. Minton shoots. Score. Razor Minton makes it six to nothing. Welcome into WHL Unfiltered. Uh, pleased to be joined by Steve Ewan of the Vancouver Province, longtime uh, Western Hockey League personality, and also joined uh, by my co-host uh, Sean and, and Swift Current. Um, so I guess Steve, let's start off. Uh, you know, you battle on cancer yet again. Uh, you want to give us an update on 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 how you're feeling? Yeah, I, uh, this is this is time number three. Uh, did 10 radiation sessions probably a month ago and have a scan tomorrow that hopefully comes back with some good results. So I feel good. I'm, I'm, uh, I feel healthy and I feel, I, you know, my energy's pretty good and a little bit of pain here and there, but nothing, nothing crazy. I, I'm, I feel much better than I felt the, uh, the first two times we went through cancer. So I'm looking at that as a plus. Yeah, that's that's great to hear, Steve. And, and you know, no, no one can relate to that, but I know a lot of people have followed your journey. And um, so it's felt different this time around. Is that what you're saying? Like, it's do you feel like I've been as, through it? It's not as severe. It's not as uh, not as painful. Not as yeah. It, it feels like we're farther along. It feels like we're we're, it feels like we're getting better at it as we do it more. So hopefully that's the case. Hopefully I'm reading this right. So that's that's actually the term I was going to use. That you're getting good at it, which you yes. know, on the, on the one hand is kind of sad that you're in that position, but you know, if it, it. But yeah, I mean, you just you know, anything you've beat a couple times, you can just keep beating. You'd think, right? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's the way it works. I mean, obviously that it changes and mutates and things, but it, it hasn't been nearly as restrictive as the first two times and I'm feeling much better and I'm just uh I'm just hoping for an exciting trade deadline I think that'll get my spirits up I'm hoping it's I'm hoping the Western Hockey League about, I'm hoping the rumors about Swift Current are true oh yeah yeah I mean now that's an interesting place to start you know the, the talk about Connor Geeky coming to Swift Current I mean uh, you're covering a guy in Manny Viveros who was around here the last time Swift Current was a buyer, and that was a long time ago. We're talking, you know, 2018, so six years since the Broncos have even been in a position to think about uh, going in that direction. I guess they kind of bought at the deadline last year a little, but uh, what's your thoughts when you hear about, you know, not only Swift being involved, but just the idea that Wenatchee, sitting second in the conference, is – in the unique position because of, I imagine, being a new franchise and the lack of draft picks of actually looking at selling. It is it is a strange, strange year because you look at a team like Wenatchee selling and you look at, look, look at a team like Edmonton buying. And I don't think I, I don't think, people, I, I understood Wenatchee selling. I, 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 I think, I think people saw that coming. I don't think anyone saw Edmonton buying and I, you know, who knows who knows what's next? I think it. I think I think all bets are off this year. I think this this year more than any. I think things. There's all sorts of things that, that could happen by January 10th. Yeah, I mean, you have, you know, Portland trade for a guy that no one no one in our league was familiar with at all. You know, so there's that's which is a thing they do sometimes. But yeah, the 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 Souchin to, well, me actually, Steve, me and you had kind of messaged about that one before when it happened that. You know the 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 hockey fan in me is really frustrated with not getting to see Souchin as much, but the Winterhawks fan in me is thrilled to, <laughs> to not have him in the in the in the uh, in the division. I mean that that guy, I, 
every time we, we you know, I'd see Seattle, I'd, you know, mention to my girlfriend, I'm like, that guy's going to be trouble for years. Like he's yeah. going to be a lot to handle. And he, he certainly, you know, I caught a little bit of the, the Everett Edmonton game, you know, yesterday on, on New Year's day. And it looked like he was a, a handful physically in that game. Yeah. But the interesting thing was that, you know, I heard was that they only really offered him to three or four teams in the East. So you you know you got the feeling that maybe Seattle didn't want him in the West. I know that his dad scouts for Vancouver, and they would have been very interested. So and they've got they've got the draft pick capital that they they could have made that trade. But you know, I, I teams make trades for all sorts of reasons, and and I I can see them not not wanting to play him three and four times a year. You think seeing already what Seattle's been able to do? I mean, they, they haven't made up for everything, but. You know, Seattle, Kamloops already recouping some of what they did. Would it make you any less nervous uh, about jumping into the, you know, the the field of buyers, knowing if you have a down year, there's always a way to recoup a lot of those assets? No, I I, I think it's I think it's good for the league. I think you know having you know having more teams in it every year and more teams have a chance every year and. And you know, teams going for it. I think that's exciting for fans. So I, I think that's a positive. And I, I think, you know, talk to me in a year about Kamloops and you know, Wenatchee and Seattle and see where they're at. I think that'll be the tale, right? I think that'll that'll be the next kind of step and and really set the tone for what team you know what teams are about. Yeah, when you know we talk about Wenatchee when we had Bliss Littler on, and I I didn't realize you know earlier in the year, and I didn't realize how you know, much in trouble they were with, you know, the the previous regime in Winnipeg moving all of their picks for, you know, to go all in. And, you yeah. know, you, you got to give them credit and that, you know, they, they came close and, and, and made a hell of a run. And it's such a weird situation then for the, the next town to have to, to pay the bill. But, you know, yeah, I mean, you look at, you, know, you guys already mentioned a couple teams that are, are doing a good job of, of recouping assets and, you know, it's it's uh it's got to be really interesting, and then to have to to be playing really well and move guys out. I mean, it's just I don't know if we've ever really seen anything quite like it. it what what's going on in Wenatchee right now? No, I, I it'd be it'd be really interesting to talk to their fans and see where their fans are at. I guess I guess there's the theory that it's the first year and you've got that honeymoon period, and and they you know and, and that's a I mean that's a smart hockey town. That's a town that you know has success in the North American League and then the BCHL. So. You think those those fans would get it, but it has to be a little bit jarring. You know, looking at the standings and realize that you're moving out two or you know two or three of your best players. I mean, I I, I think it's gonna. I've heard two different versions. I've heard that they're gonna trade Savoy and and trade Geeky and then keep everybody else, and then I've heard everybody's you know everybody's up for grabs too. So we'll see where we'll see where Graham Sward is playing on January 11th. Well, here's a question: If if they do that, if they trade just you know the the big names. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to think they're going to get some players in, in, you know, like I've heard, for example, the, the rumored package for Geeky would include a couple of roster players, right? But younger roster players. Um, and I imagine it would be similar for Savoy, you know, roster players and picks. So you make moves like that on a team that's a good team, not just because of those guys. Obviously, largely they have an impact, but, you know, could Wenatchee still be good? I think, I, and I think the West is so up for grabs that I think you could move out a couple of your main pieces, bring back some other guys, and still, still get in, get into the playoffs. So I think it could be a best of both worlds for them, right? I, I think that's, I think that's on the table. Well, and 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 to your point, Sean. I mean, they they just ran an experiment of you know what do they look like without Geeky and Savoy. You know, and looks like they're six four and zero in their last ten. So you know, not great, but you've also built kind of a lead to, to start the year. And so, I mean, you 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 know what it's like to to go without those guys for the last month and 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 see, you know, how how they click. And so you kind of you know, yeah. And I don't want to you know, I I don't know any Wenatchee fans. I don't want to stereotype, but you know, as as an American that grew up, you know, and first learned about uh, junior A hockey you know, in the USHL and then the Western League later on. I mean, you know, these guys just learned, um, a lot of them probably just learned there's a World Juniors, you know, a month ago and never heard of such yeah. a thing. 
you know, and and they're they're you know putting guys in NCAA and and not having first round NHL picks and not seeing you know those kind of guys, and so it's it's such a whirlwind that you you almost aren't going to know what you're missing because you just you just got there to, to to find out what what this what this level's like. So it's 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 got to be a weird you know whirlwind for for the locals. I mean, to, to your point, Steve, they are educated fans, but you know at at, at a different level, you know, and, yeah. and different different types of guys, you know. So it's yeah, I don't. Second, I don't know. Second place is still second place, right? They they would understand that. They would understand being being kind of top of the table. So I, I yeah, I don't know. I, I it's all I, this is all brand new territory. I, I you know you really didn't see didn't see any of this coming. So well, I mean we that said we didn't see last year coming either with all the all the blockbuster fourteen piece trades, right? So I guess it's you know ever ever evolving, right? Well, and I, th- I have to think too, you know, Blitzless, Bliss has been with Wenatchee as a franchise, not this current incarnation, but for quite a long time. That's home. Yeah. And, and when you're looking at the, the long term of that team, when you're seeing years without draft picks, as tempting as it is to, you know, carry on with what you have, there's a couple of factors too beyond just it's your first year team. Those aren't his players anyway. You know, I, I think for a general manager, if you had built that team from scratch yourself and developed those players and you had a chance to win with them, it would be a little harder to move them on. Whereas for him and for that community, you're looking, geez, you know, as much as it would be fun to take a run at it this year, um, we don't have the the capital to add. And I, I don't want this team to be a disaster, you know? <laughs> you can't afford well, you, Yeah, you, you could have been... If you didn't move, I think you could have been very average for five or six years because they had they had really emptied up the cupboard. Mm-hmm. I mean, we 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 mentioned Manny once, right? And obviously, when he was in Swift Current, he was there for a good time, not for a long time. You know, we're going to win a championship, and I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to move up. You know, which is, I mean, hey, there's no, nothing wrong with that, right? Where you know, again, Bliss is more kind of the opposite. You know, he's there for a the long term. You know, one way or the other. So now you're kind of like. You know, looking at like when Kelly was running the Wheat Kings, you know, it's, you know, I gotta, I gotta get some first round playoff dates, you know, to, to put put a little money in the in the bank. But you know, I gotta be thinking about next year, the year after, you know, down the road, and not having any picks. And so, you know, it's kind of a it's it's a tricky situation. But you you got to think, you know, he's probably more interested in the the, the long term health of the club because you know if they if they don't make moves. I mean, they're in trouble for for some time, you know. And again, and again, it, if you play this right, you could still end up with playoff days, right? I mean, the what outside to me outside of Portland and Prince George and maybe Everett, the West is like wide open. So, and and you know they've you know they've got that cushion on just about everybody else. So I you know I I I think they're I think they're still in a good spot. So Prince George, you have a team that's been built long term, you know, uh, the the quote unquote right way. Some would say, right, you know, take your time, draft, develop, and they're finally in that position where, you know, they look like the best team in the in the conference, maybe you know, among them in the league. They've made a couple of smaller Mark Lamb type moves, you know, yeah. adding a six four defenseman for a third round draft pick while everyone else is spending uh, a whole pile of firsts. But at the same time, you know, they've rarely been in this position as a franchise. What's your thought process on where they're at and what they could do on what they need? You know, Mark Lamb's rarely, I don't think, ever been the guy to go all in. He's traded a first before, but never, you know, multiple firsts and a bunch of prospects. So what do you expect to happen there? I think he will do the Mark Lamb thing. I think he'll be very... Uh, cost conscious and and will be very. Um, I, I I don't think he go chases Graham Sward out of Wenatchee or Danielson out of Brandon or whoever it is. I I think he's gonna you know kind of add around the edges. I I don't know where are you guys at with that. I mean, you know, you, you could argue that you don't have to you do you don't have to add much. I mean, they look really good the way they are, but. I mean that's not how these guys think, and you need, you know, again you go back to that that Swift Current team. They needed every, you know, Matteo Gennaro and every, every every last piece to get over the over the top. And you could argue yeah. that one move one. short of that, they don't get there. But 
That being said, I mean, you know, I, I get to see uh, Prince George this weekend. I know the last time they were here, they looked really sharp. You know, it's uh, you, yeah, you could argue they're fine the way they are, but you you always, I mean, you're always trying to add. You're always trying to add, and you know that Mike Johnson knows that his team's pretty good this year, and he's gonna he's probably got another rabbit or two in his hat. So it, you know, to get out of the West, you got to get past Portland. So I, yeah, I I'd like to see them go all in and, and, and do something aggressive. I just I just don't know if that's that's the way they're going to act. I know Mark Lamb has said, you know, uh, if he were in Swift Current still when that happened, he wouldn't have been as aggressive. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean he would have done nothing, right? You know, it's, it's a misnomer that he never made any big moves. You know, he went and got Nathan Burns at the trade deadline – the year the Broncos uh, were a point away from winning the division, yeah. um, and took Medicine Hat on a you know good series to six games. So he's made moves, but you know between his general uh, more um, bargain hunting uh, mentality and and I don't mean that like cheap. I mean you no. know he looks for uh, he looks for advantages. Um, yeah, and and you know trying to make moves where you know you're you're getting um, the value back beyond what you're paying. You know, that like a Brett Learnout in Swift Current for a fourth-round pick ends up being an NHL guy, you know, that kind of move. But at the same time, uh, not just his mentality, you wonder where the ownership is at because the last time that ownership got really aggressive, what happened, right? You know, they went in and and traded some draft picks and, and got really aggressive and got knocked out in the first round. And then had to rebuild for a long time after that. So, you know, are they uh, a little bit conscious of of that, you know, reality of being bitten before? So, you know, I can see them being nervous to do that. But as much as they've had a great year, they're only three points ahead of Wenatchee and four points ahead of Portland and Victoria and, you know, six points ahead of Everett. So, they're not running away with things here. And if those teams start to make moves, there's a risk of falling behind a little bit too there, isn't there? A little bit. I, I, I still think Portland and Prince George are, are better than everybody else. But, yeah, I, I think it's a strange year. It's just – it's it's a stra- – I think there's not a lot to pick from after that. I think the East looks so good. Do you, do, do you go all in and – at the risk of, of you know coming up short against a really good Eastern team, I, I don't I don't know I I you know I'd like to see I'm 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 from that school that if you've got a window you need to take advantage of it. So, what do you think they need? You know you've seen them more than I have for sure. I mean, if you're looking at Prince George, um, what do you think they could add that would be really beneficial to that group uh, beyond you know the sort of typical ads? I, I I mean, where are they at with with uh, was it Zim, Zim, Zimmer? Zim? Yeah, I heard he was hurt. Yeah, you know, I, I've heard that that he may be back. He may not be back. I, I you know, I, I I think adding a you know, a high end forward, I think is 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 all, you know, if he's not back, I think would be would be prudent. So I I think that's that's kind of where you know where kind of I I would go. I don't. I, after after the Seattle thing, I don't have a feel for who's going to sell either, right? And and where they might sell. I mean, after Edmonton buying, I mean, it's hard to hard to get a read on this market this year. It says on the injury report that he's out for three months. Yeah. So that's that's not tomorrow. No. And, and it it does come into the factor come into play here. You know, and Prince George is going to go for it. You know, to one degree or another, they're in first place. They've been building to this. Um, a team like Swift Current, who we hear about adding, you know, they got Dvorak from the Czech Republic today, or Chechia today, um, which is a huge add for them to get a second-round NHL draft pick uh, for nothing. Um, you know, a guy who that was their property from the import draft to come in and bolster that decor that could really use that presence. That's a huge addition. Um, at the same time, they don't know the status of Matt Ward. Who was their leading scorer the last two years, and there's a chance may not get back in the lineup this year, from what I've heard. You know, 
not definitive that he will be back. And if he is back closer to playoff time. So when you're considering going for it, you know, if you're a team that's kind of on the bubble on that decision-making process, but you're not sure the help of one of your best players, that's got to factor in too, doesn't it? I, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I think all, I think all that's at play. I, I think that's the, that's the, the fascinating thing about this year. And, and, and it just, it, it feels like there's more of an arms race in the East right now. So are you, you know, are the prices bigger now to get, to get a guy out of the West into the East or, or, you know, where is, where is, I, you know, does Brandon move Danielson? I mean, there's all sorts of fascinating questions, you know, that, that are going to be answered over the next week or so. Well, going that direction, I mean, you know, Saskatoon, you know, generally not afraid to make moves and, and, and continue to do so as of late and, and picking up some nice pieces. I mean, what, what do you guys think of the, the direction the Blades are going? I know Wasty Rabbit a little bit from his time in Vancouver and talked to him last year, and it, they thought last year that this year was going to be their year. That this was so they've been they've been gearing up for this. And I, again, Priest there's a guy that's that you know hasn't been shy before, so they you know they could go, they could go on. I mean, we, you know, could we see another you know four pick you know four player ten pick deal for? A star, I, I don't know, but you know, maybe like maybe last year kind of pops up over the next five, six, seven, eight days, and and you know, we start seeing those trades again. I, I, I it's it's fascinating, it's it's just really, it's it, I, you know, I think it's gonna be interesting to see where where everybody kind of winds up and when the dust settles. I'd like to talk to Priestner about it once it's all done. Uh, hopefully, we're able to because I know we'd spoke to him before and he said. You know, he, he's not afraid to make moves, but you wouldn't see him be as aggressive as the Blades had been in the past. You know, yeah. like the year that they went after uh, Shen or the year they were hosting the Memorial Cup because of having lived through the results of that and having to rebuild for seven years. So but, but, they, but so they've that... gone out there and they've been aggressive this year. So, you know, as much as it's easy to say, oh, I don't think we'd do that, then all of a sudden they're trading a couple of first-round picks in a trade, right? But it... But has that changed with what Canloops and, and Seattle are doing this year? That that they're finding ways to get picks back. You know, is is, is that whole long long rebuild? Is that going to be? Do you do you go all in for a year and rebuild for two, and then go go all in for a year? Does does that become the norm? Right? Do you do you end up? You know, I I, I don't know in past years whether uh whether a Canloops would have would have traded a. a you know, traded their guys, right? I, I don't know. I, I I think things are changing. Closer, closer to the OHL model, perhaps, where everybody has everybody else's picks at some point. But yeah, but yeah, we're and and to your point, Sean. I mean, we uh, it's peel the curtain back. We we tried to get Priestner here, you know, a month ago or so, and and uh, he was literally sick. He had like laryngitis or something. Couldn't 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 physically couldn't speak with us but we can uh we can circle back around once the the dust settles and maybe get a little insight into to to, to what you know has motivated you know him to make the moves that, he, that he's made and and again another guy that's you know tied from the you know both ends of the of, of, of the ownership group there in, in saskatoon so you know he, it's important for him long term and short term and putting butts in the seats and also trying to you know win the first championship in 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 the history of the franchise so you know, there's a, you know, you figure there's a there's a, a good steward of of the long term, you know, goals of, of the blades. But to to your point, Steve, I mean, if you've got the guys, you got to go now. And I and I think when you've got ownership too, I think it lets you, you know, like you're when you're the you know, it gives you opportunities. It lets you be maybe more brave, more courageous. I I don't you know. I, I think when the guy with the bank accounts also calling the shot, I, I, I think that adds to more aggressive kind of trades. So it's interesting. You're saying that the East looks stronger to you this year because I was having a conversation with a friend of mine here saying, you know, one reason Swift Current might be looking at buying is that um, there is room at the top of the of the conference. You know, Saskatoon looks like the best team in the East right now. Swift's only six points back of Medicine Hats. 
I don't know if Madison Hat looks like a championship contender or not. You know, I looked throughout the East. I didn't think, you know, I saw a couple of teams that could be in the mix, but really Saskatoon kind of looks like the class, and we'll see, you know, how the rest of the teams stack up. Whereas I looked at West, and I saw all those teams bunched at around 46 to 52 points. But it's your, you know, your mindset is that the East looks like where more the activity is happening, or you, you well, see. I just, like, I just, I, I just think there's more good teams. I think, you know, I think Moose Shaw's a good team. I think Madison Hat's a good team. Obviously, you know, obviously Saskatoon. Um, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm not as big a. I, I again after after Portland and Prince George, I think it's all it's all pretty close out here. So just looking at the standings and having not you know been able to watch a lot of games mm-hmm. out there. And and certainly you've seen a fair bit of them. Um, I'm I'm getting the sense you don't really. And I know they played more games to get the points they have, but that you don't really believe Victoria fits in the mix for that they're in right now. And what's your thought process? I, I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're as good. I I think they made a very good. I, I think they got better with James Patrick. Obviously, I think I you know I liked what they did to change their mix with the Moose Star trade. I just I don't know if they're in the class of the, the Prince George and Portland. I, I I think they're a tier below. I I think yeah I, I yeah I I don't I don't know if I would put my money on them winning the you know winning the West right now. Well, if if you're the Royals and you're after what they've been through, I mean basically since that you know literal last second goal against Cologne a couple of years ago, they've never really. We talk about it on the show all the time. They've never really broke out of that funk. Oh. I mean, if 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 that's where they slot in, I think they're probably pretty thrilled with that. Oh, I, I think they're pretty thrilled to be. I mean, they they were dead in the water at the start of the year, right? So so to 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 bounce back the way they bounce back, but I, I don't you know looking looking at their roster, I I don't think it's as strong as those other two teams. What about with Vancouver now that they're not in that mix, nope. uh, but they are in a in a playoff mix, um, and that's not a team that is used to being out of the picture. So you know, usually has pretty big ambitions. What do you think the mentality is for them heading into the trade deadline? They keep saying that they're that playoffs are integral and that they're going to do what they can to get in the playoffs, which. You know, I, I, they've, they've traded their captain the past two years. It doesn't sound like they're going to do it for a third. Um, I do wonder if somebody doesn't come, come to them on deadline day and offer them something for something massive for Samuel Hanzik. And, uh, but they say that, it, you know, they, they really need to move their story along and, and need to get those young guys into the playoffs and need to, you know, that, you know, that's integral to them. So that I, word is there. They're looking for some older guys. They're they're trying to add to. They're you know, ideally they'd like to find a nineteen year old that that could be a twenty year old next year. So I, I think that's kind of where their goals are. Looking for a, a playoff type guy that that they could bring back. You know, bring back next year's overage. I look at Cameron Schmidt. And I got the pleasure of being able to watch him and call his, call some of his games at the World Under Seventeen Hockey Challenge. You know. He of course was the the hero of the gold medal game yeah. and, and an extraordinarily explosive player. Um, how much has he sort of you know taken the puck as he's come back from that situation? And when you know you talk about getting into the playoffs being important for players like that to to you know learn what that experience is like for the. I, for I the mean that, that's the group they're building around. That's the group they see as they're they're taking a run at the title group. So. I I think they're trying to 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 support them and 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 find ways to to get them better and I think one of the ways that they're going to try and do that is is to bring in bring in maybe you know one or two older guys at the at the deadline and and bring back Samuel Honzik and I mean they they've only had Honzik for the five games so I I think they've sold the last two years I I, I think they've got what four or five first rounders over the next next three years. Um, you know they've still got some picks. They've still got some youth coming, so they've got some opportunities. So, I, I you know, that that's the group that they really want. You know, I mean, Schmidt is as quick and as explosive as as anyone we've seen come through over the last decade. So, they, they've got some they've got some good young pieces. As far as Vancouver getting in, I mean, as 
you know, at the time of this recording, you know, they're behind Spokane, Tri-City, Kelowna are the next, you know, three, you know, catchable teams. And I don't know if I see any of the three of them, those teams selling off. I mean, Spokane, they're, you know, they're, they're the Berkeley Cat and Show right now, which is a lot of fun to watch, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I think they already, you know, did their selling, you know, prior prior years. I mean, I'm not sure where, where the AMs or the, or the Rockets are, but, I mean, I think, you know, the, if the Giants want to make that uh, climb, I mean, they're going to have to do it on their own merits. I don't I don't think anybody's going to really let them buy. No, I, I don't. I mean, Kelowna maybe. I, th- I think Kelowna's still reeling, you know, still got, you know, a, a little short in the cupboard after, after you know, the – Losing that, losing that Mem Cup year, everything that they spent to get ready for that year, um, but I, I, they've been very good of late. So I, I think that's, I, I think they're they're going to decide over the next few days, kind of which way they're going. I, I yeah, I think, I, 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 you know, I, I understand Vancouver's thinking that you know wanting to get in and, and and wanting to show that that Cameron Schmidt class what it takes to to play in the playoffs and. What you know, playoff hockey's like. I, I think they want to give their fans another chance at playoffs. So I don't, unless something dramatic happens in the final days of the deadline, where where they offer multiple first round picks for for Hansik, I you know I see them being more of a buyer than a seller. Who do you see selling? Because we've seen you know Kamloops and Seattle make their moves, but you know all these teams don't want to miss out on the playoffs. But there's a lot of teams hungry for players, so. You know who's who's providing them. That's yeah. I mean that does that you know do, do those two teams end up moving out more veteran guys? I, I don't know. I, I mean it's I, you know I, I, you know Edmonton doesn't look like a seller now, right? So I I, I mean that that would have been an obvious place to look. So I, I, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of there's you know talking you know talking to people around the league you know there seems to be a lot of phone you know a lot of phone calls and a lot of a lot of you know rhetoric and and, and bravado but i you know what it ends up coming down to in the end i don't know if there's one does does the geeky trade getting announced lead to other trades maybe or maybe you know it, it's going to be very quiet the last three or four days i don't know if we've ever been able to say that before Right, you always felt that there was going to be lots going on, and now it's it's really like it's it's so hard to read this year. But then at the at the same time, you know, if you're a general manager that said you're you're not going to sell, and then a couple of moves get made early, and then there's some general managers going, I have some holes, then the prices start to go up. You know, it, it, whether you didn't want to sell or not, all of a sudden you have to really reconsider, right? Like the, if, if you're Vancouver and Hansik could some- get you that kind of package because other teams aren't selling you got to listen anyway oh you totally have to listen i just i you know i don't know what their pain threshold is i don't know what it, you know what it would be i just i just know that they've they've still got they've still got draft picks they've got excess draft picks it, it's not like they're chasing excess draft picks i really i really think that they want to I, I i don't think they want that tag of of trading their captain three years around that's worrisome to them. We haven't seen Manny Viveros on a young rebuilding kind of team yet either. Uh, you know, what's his his patience level been like for that so far? Is is there disappointment with where they're at? Do you, do I, you I think like- they're disappointed with how inconsistent they are. I think they're still trying to find identity. There is a lot of talk about youth there. <laughs> um, I, I think that's that's obviously obviously a play. Uh, I I think I, I think there's questions about what you know if you get Hansik back, what does he do for the group? I mean, he's he's by far their best guy. He's, he's you know should be one of the best players in the league. So to to, to have him for twenty or twenty five games down the stretch, what does that mean to to what does that mean to Schmidt and some of the other young guys? So there's still. I, I think that there's more questions about the Giants than there are answers, and we're you know we're we're into January, so that's something that that they're having to deal with. Well, and I we've 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 touched on a couple times, but I, I still want to go back to the Oil Kings and and you know adding Grayson Souchin, and they're literally in last place. You know, they, they it's like I don't 
I mean, I get that you get a couple more years out of him, but that was a, a ton to give up for a team that, I mean, you know, does one guy put you over the other two, three teams to get you to the eight hole? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I mean, you know, maybe we'll have the, the chance to, to, to ask Kurt Hill, but in, until then, I mean, what, what are you guys hearing out of at Edmonton and what, why they would, would make such a move? It just seems like I, I don't, I can't think of anything I've seen quite like it. I just, I just wonder if it's not a move to say, say to the group, hey, we like where we're going. We're trying to build for the future. Here, you know, we're, we're not, you know, we're not going to ask the young guys to carry the load all on their own. I, I think it's, you know, I, I don't know if that's something. I don't know if it's something to say to your fan base. I, I, you know, I mean, I didn't see them buying, so I, you know, it, I mean, it's. It's all kind of speculation, but I, you know, I, I think that's something that I, I know in Vancouver that something that that they were concerned about was was, you know, how the young guys would deal with selling again. They have to be looking at that as a next year move, don't they? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and, no, no, it's it's not a. It doesn't feel like a this year move. It feels like a a, a buying for maybe two years from now. Yeah, I think I think if you're them, you're probably looking at it and saying, if we have a chance to get this young man, you know, and, and he's not a local, but he's not from far away, and you're building with that kind of age group in mind, you probably only have one shot at him. So even if the timing isn't quite right, you know, you get him in, you get him a part of your group, you get him a part of the building of that identity that, you know, they've made that ad um, – for when they think they're going to be in, in position, you know, so it's, it feels weird now, but it's, it's more of a, you know, this is the only way we're going to get a chance to add this kind of player. I agree with that. And, you know, jump, jumping the curve. Right. And, and just say, just trying to energy, you know, energize your group and, you know, energize your future. Yeah. And, and, and I'm with you and I'm trying to think of, you know, it seems like a, we've seen Saskatoon make a moves like that was two years out or whatever. But I mean, a first, a second, a second, a third, a fifth, and a seventh. You know, I mean, and, and I imagine part of that too is is the the younger Sachin, and so now you're it's it's a recruiting move as well. I mean, in a league where you have to acquire rights, you have to draft and and then recruit on top of it at Texas two step, but. Yeah, I'm just really curious. As I seems, it seems to be really out of the box. It kind of also, though, sorry, Steve, to jump on you, but I, I, I sort of see it like it's a um, we get them for a couple of years. If we're in position to, to go for it, we got them in place. If we're not, we should be able to recoup everything we got, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I mean, if you're willing to do that, I just, I, I yeah, I, I think that it's, What's more interesting to me is that it, it doesn't sound like like the, if that's what you got out of Edmonton, what what would you have gotten if you opened it up to the whole league? Right. I mean that's I mean that's a huge that's a huge take, but but it it it, it feels like they were very specific about where they were aiming to get him to go. Uh, it could be that it could be that was um, in consultation with the player. Yeah. Too. Right. Some, sometimes that does come into play in ways that we wouldn't know. And the, yeah, and the player's agent and the player's dad, in this case. You know, yeah. if you're if you're gunning for the brother, you know what I mean. And, and I don't know anything about him, but if he's you know a comparable player to, to to Grayson, then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna sweeten the pot even even more so to try to to try to get him you know under your umbrella. Uh, again, looking at the the Western Conference, I know when we were talking uh, about the playoffs last year, that series between Tri City and and Prince George, I asked at the time, you know, is this a preview of of you know a battle in the next couple of years towards the top of the the standings in the in the West? And it was a real good series. This year, Prince George is sort of taking the ball and run with it. Tri-Cities kind of step back a little. Uh, are you surprised with where they're at? Or, you know, what's the thought process about where the Americans are? 
I kind of thought that they would be a, a strong three or four, and and it doesn't it doesn't feel like it, it's quite there yet. I mean, they've got some pieces there, big, strong team. Um, they look like a playoff type team to me. I, you know, I, I we'll see where everybody kind of shakes out. I th- I think I saw somewhere that Dragasevich was the only defenseman to lead lead his team in scoring in major junior last year, and and maybe I'm pulling that on my ass, so don't hold it to me. But I thought I thought I saw that somewhere, which I thought was really interesting stat and he's definitely impressed me the times I've seen him play this year but but yeah I think I think they were probably banking on a little more development kind of up and down the up and down the roster really I mean it's kind of you know I'm, I'm sure they're happy to be you know out of their you know kind of the status they were in in 2020 they were they were they were the one team that was happy that the that the season ended when it did you know the world <laughs> shut down but yeah you know, but it, at the same time, like, yeah, I kind of, I think I, I, I'm with you guys that I think I expected a little more of a jump from them this year, and it just hasn't hasn't been there. You know, one thing I was thinking about earlier when we were talking about, you know, Wenatchee is, you know, back to we keep going back to that 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 same, you know, playoff year that you know Sean was lucky enough to to call a championship in, but. You know, I wonder if uh, if if that year's Lethbridge Hurricanes is kind of a model for them as far as you know moving Stu Skinner out and you know some other you know quality players and and re, you know gaining That's a lot bad. of assets, but still winning a couple of rounds and 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 having it and having a hell of a time there in in uh, in, in Lethbridge. And I, I kind of wonder if uh, you know I I don't know if if uh, Wenatchee fans were familiar with the. The, the you know that year's you know Lethbridge Hurricanes, but I kind of wonder if if that might be you know a, a compromise if you can. I mean, everybody wants to pull that one off, right? As far as winning a couple rounds and 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 picking up all the draft picks at the same time, right? That's a great call. I mean, that's I, and again, you know, I I think it. I think with the way the West is, I I think that's you know not out of the not out of the realm of possibility. Now you've talked about Portland being among the better teams. Chad is. Got a podcast on the Winterhawks, so he's talked about the Mad Nauseam, I'm sure. Um, and they're right there in the mix. Mike Johnson has been in this position before. Steve, what's your take on what you see from the Winterhawks, how they match up with Prince George, and what you could imagine them trying to get done before January 10th? I keep hearing Nate Nate Dan, uh, Nate Dan, Danielson's name out of Brandon. So I, I think... I. History tells me that if Mike Johnson thinks he's got a shot, that, that he's willing to take the big swing, and that would be that would be a pretty good swing if he could pull that off. Yeah, I haven't heard. I've heard Danielson's on the move, but I haven't really heard where. But you know, they've added a defenseman, so they have a goalie if he ever gets healthy, and yes. so the, the 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 forward it would be kind of the thing that we'd want. I mean, they've they've done a really good job in my opinion, this year of, of scoring by committee. I mean, they have three uh, overage forwards that all are scorers, which I feel like is kind of rare in this league. I mean, yeah. it's it been my experience that your your 20s are more penalty kill, face-off, leadership kind of guys, whereas these guys, are, these guys are scoring goals. I mean, you know, you look at – I think I have the stats up here. I mean, you know, they've got a guy in the, you know, top five in scoring – you know, as one of their, one of their overagers. And so, but they don't have a star, you know? And so, and sometimes, sometimes you need that to, to get you over the top. I mean, and they, and you know, it's funny. I mean, it, over the 13 years that, you know, MJ has been running this team, you know, there's years that they go all in and, and, and trade the farm. And then there's years where they just kind of add a couple pieces and tinker around the edges and, you know, it's kind of like he gets a reputation. It, it's 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 a Rorschach test because it's like whichever whichever Mike Johnson you think there is, like you kind of expect to make those moves, and they really yeah. haven't. They really haven't, you know, gone big since you know, say Chalowski or or Joel Hofer, both of which you know, you know, didn't work out in the long run. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's it'll be curious to, to to see what they do. I haven't I haven't really heard any any rumors here on the ground, you know, but I didn't see that coming at all when they added that defenseman either out of, out of the NCAA. So. Yeah, it'll be, and and I and again, the, you know, we talk about you know the uh, Sweden's World Junior Team and you know winning 
54 of the last 55 games in round robin, but but they haven't because, you know, this year's team doesn't have anything to do with 2008 or 2012 nope. or whatever, right? And you, you figure if you're Prince George, I mean, they have had a lot of trouble with Portland in the playoffs, and they've never been able to get past that. But, you know, I mean, it was, you know, Jansen Harkins and Todd Harkins, and it was, you know, I mean, it, was, it, it wasn't these guys. And so you kind of wonder – you know, are, are those ghosts still, you know, haunting the CN center and that's a dragon they got to slay or, you know, I mean, or, or is, is uh, you, you know, Mark Lamb looking at it like, you know, that that that, that, that this is a, a new day. So I'm kind of curious about that. I mean, I'm sure their, their fan base, if, you know, if and when they have to play the Portland, they're, they're going to be concerned about it and, and want some firepower. But, yeah, that's kind of it's kind of an interesting, interesting boat. But when it comes to uh, when it comes to Portland, I, I did want to mention, you know, and I'll probably mention it as many times as I can that <laughs> I made the prediction with Josh Davies that before he even got traded, that I heard he was on the trade market, and if he was, he'll probably go to Portland and score fifty goals. He's on pretty good pace. <laughs> He's on a pretty good pace for being close to that, I and mean, that's that's exactly you know the kind of player too you want come playoff time as long as he stays out of the penalty box. I, he's been so good, Sean, and you know he's. Somebody put you know gunpowder in his steak. I mean, he's got attitude. You know, he's he's on that edge all the time. I mean, we've you know Portland's had a long line of of those kind of guys that you know can score goals, but they're just villains. You know, I mean, total black hat. You know, wrestling heel kind of guys and. Man, Davies has really fallen into that that role, and I've, I've I've never spoke with him. I only know him on on the ice, but I mean, I almost feel like he's just it was just too big of a personality for Swift Current. He just needed he needed a, a, a change in a change in scenery. But man, he's been good. I'm sure you've seen it for young players, timing and and a move will. Kind of light a fire under a guy, and you got a player who's got all those tools, uh, but he's taking too many penalties, and he, you know, isn't quite, you know, he's creating all sorts of chances, but isn't quite pulling the trigger yet. You know what I mean? And and he's got that big personality, but all of a sudden you get moved, and it makes you go, oh wow, I've got to start again. I got to make a new impression. I'm dealing with a, a you know, Hall of Fame level coach, and and it's just that little extra push that someone needs to become a star you know what i mean like to find that next level i'm sure you've seen it in your years covering this league many times yeah steve you've seen you've seen a lot of guys you know come through the 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 giants organization with you know that same kind of thing as far as guys score goals but can just really piss you off while they're doing it brendan gallagher comes to mind Evander Kane comes to mind. There, there's been a few guys come through here, and just you know, guys that, that that played with that kind of edge and that kind of chip on their shoulder, I, I think is particularly valuable come playoff time, where you know things get even harder. Yeah, it'll be, and that's the thing. I mean, you, Sean, you mentioned you know penalties with 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 this player with Davies, and and he, and he takes them. You know, he he definitely takes them. He's he's been a little better about. You know, at least earning them as opposed to just you know yapping off. But yeah, I mean, but it, it's he, he's making up for it with uh, with his play with the puck, and it's you know it's been really yeah been fun to to, to see him you know break out in the you know like a full uh, the fully formed player that he is with his you know new, new pro deal in his back pocket too. Uh, one team that's a little under the radar, Steve, and you mentioned them a few times when you're saying you know you think. The Winterhawks and the Cougars are sort of the uh, the the top of the pile when it comes to the Western Conference. But you mentioned, you know, maybe Everett being in the mix there. That's a team that knows how to win. That seems to be in, in that mix every year. They did a little bit of selling last year and really got some assets from doing it. Um, you know, where do you see that group right now uh, in comparison to the other top teams? And if they were to you know, kind of decide to try to make a splash, what do you think they would need to get closer to those those guys that are at the top of the standings? That's a – I wondered about Savoy there. wondered about 
Danielson there. Like you know, like you said, they've they've got all those draft picks coming out of the Zellweger trade. So I I, I could see them doing something substantial. I, I just they they just feel like a cookie cutter team. It feels like they they've always got you know guys that work hard, guys that are junior foot guys, and and you know they're quick and and you know they're just so well structured. Dennis Dennis Williams has done a very good job there in terms of getting that that type of structure and so i i i think they i do you know i i i think they learned a lot losing that first round series to vancouver a couple of years ago I, I think that really affected their group so I, I i yeah i i think they could be a factor i i'm i'd be interested to see you know be interested to see if they can jump in and, and really make you know make a splash before the 10th and for how for how long they've been good and how consistently they've been good, does it surprise you to still see Dennis Williams in this league and not moved yes. up? Yes, I was surprised at how long Michael Dick was in this league. And then, you know, Dennis Williams has got a you know a, a world junior head coach job on on his resume. So yeah, no, I'm I'm surprised that that, that he hasn't jumped at something. Yeah, I I've had a hard time getting a read on Everett. I mean. You know, just personally, I've I've missed a bunch of their games against Portland just due to scheduling conflicts and, and whatnot. I've missed a few games this year with, you know, travel and whatnot. And so I haven't seen as much of them as I probably should. And coming into the year, I didn't have a lot of expectations for them. I think they've kind of they've surprised me as far as being better than, than I expected them. I, I think expected of them. I think a lot of people probably feel that way that, I, that I've talked to around, around the league, but... It's uh, so I wonder, yeah, if they're if you know if if they feel like they're playing with house money or if they expected to be here, or, and 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 what you do with that going forward. But that is a pretty good point about I hadn't really thought about the the assets, you know, that they're sitting on from from Cam Loops as far as you know. Do you spend some of that? Do you do you sit on it? I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty interesting. It'll be you know a couple of days left to see to see what they what they think of themselves and, and what they want to do and. Again, you know, if they think they're they're in the class with, you know, Portland and, and Prince George or not. You know, do you know, do they do they go back to Canloops and try and get a Connor Levis out? Do they do they try and do something with with you know with Seattle? I, I think that'd be really interesting to, to see Seattle and Everett do a trade. So I you know, I think there's I yeah, I I just I'm fascinated to see where this whole thing plays out. And when you see the price that a you know an eighteen year old can get, um, like the deal with Edmonton and Seattle, you know, and I haven't heard any talk of this, but Steve, if you're you know the Calgary Hitman and you have a player like Oliver Tulk, who's an eighteen year old of that sort of caliber, do you have to sort of ask yourself, geez, if I could get a package like that, do I have to think about you know if I'm going to make that move because they're not they're not there yet, you know. It's usually the 19-year-olds, but when the 18s start moving for those kinds of levels of assets, and we know from what you're saying, you know, it sounds like there was only a select few teams involved. If they really open things up, and and if you're Calgary, you think you have to think, what can I get for this young man? The only problem, I mean, the only difference is that Seattle really needed to recoup, right? I, I think that's part of the issue is that they saw that as a chance to really get some picks back with one trade, so. I think that's kind of where the mindset was. I yeah, that's I I I do think once you see it, one you know, I mean, hockey's a copycat sport. I think if if you see it and it and it worked once, I I you know, I think you're liable to see it again and again. Well, to me, if if you're if you're Calgary and if you're you know Gary Davidson, who I mean didn't even start the year in that chair, you know, he yeah. he, j- he just got there, and so you figure. If there is ever a time that you have a grace period and they don't expect results in the near future, it's 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 got to be now. And so, you know, if you can, if you, to me that's going to be real tempting to, to stockpile some some picks if you can, because I mean you're 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 in that, that honeymoon phase where you're you know you're trying to you have a, a, a long term plan. And at least that's what you're pitching. And so, you know, I would think that. To me, that you know, those that that would be right. They don't they don't have to, but you know, it's like again the comparison to Seattle, but they're they're in that kind of that 
sweet spot as far as you know where where we just saw you know say um, Spokane with uh, with Matt Barzi took that job that you know you can you can move some stuff out because they, I feel like they kind of expect you to. Well, do and I and and I think with this year with with so with so few sellers, does it even make it more tempting? Like it is with with so many teams in in such close proximities. Is this year that you maybe decide to be a seller? Yeah, it's got to be tempting. You look, you look at the East. You know those teams that are around Lethbridge down. You know, and even with the talk of Brandon selling, and they're sitting in the top four of the conference, um, that may be where a lot of the activity comes from, because you know the talk we're hearing from the West is that maybe these teams are less likely to sell. So, you know, maybe the GMs of, for, you know, Lethbridge, Prince Albert, Regina, Calgary, um, Brandon, those teams are really going to be busy fielding offers because somebody's got to feed the, <laughs> feed well, the need yeah. to buy. If, if Vancouver's not selling and they're, what, they're eight, Right, and Edmonton was last, and, and they didn't sell. I, I don't know, I don't know where and and Everett. Sorry, Wenatchee's second, and they're selling. Like none of it seems to make any sense to what to what we're used to. We've gone through this whole podcast, and then we're gonna you know wrap up here shortly. But we haven't mentioned the you know because the trade deadline occupies so much headspace. But you know the the one elephant in the room today would be World Juniors. And Canada getting knocked out in the quarterfinal uh, against Czechia, which is, you know, the the goal is gold every year for Canada. What's your take on on what happened with Team Canada this year and a tournament that's to be, you know, one with quite a lot of parity? I I, I think that's the case. I think it, it just as much as this is a big deal in Canada, it's starting to become a bigger deal in Sweden and Finland and. And other places, and and I, I think we have to get used to that. I think we, I, I don't know if this was the best group we've ever sent over. I, I mean, I think it was a group good enough to compete. I just, I think they, you know, they they just didn't. They seem to be missing something. You know, they they had trouble getting out of, the, getting the puck up the ice. I think that's that's where things are. I think you also look at the fact that their best players. Canada's best player at, at, at that age group is tearing up for the Chicago Blackhawks. So it's, I mean, it's a rare kind of situation where, you know, that, that guy would, if he would normally, you know, that your best player would normally be your best player at the World Juniors. Yeah, to, to your point, Steve, I mean, you know, one player doesn't make a, a team or a tournament, but yeah, I mean, is it kind of, you know, it, it wasn't long ago, you know. I don't remember what year it was, but you know, Alice Lafreniere was the was the top pick, and and that's not near as exciting as you know when it's when it's Bedard, you know. Yeah. And so you know, so, so it, and and I feel like you know Celebrini is you know he had a he had a great tournament, but yeah. again, no Connor Bedard, you know. I mean, it's you know in in any way you look at it, like being an el- eligible to play in that tournament versus. Comparing them to to the you know top players that did show up, but yeah, it seemed like they had a really hard time scoring goals. I mean, it was a weird tournament all the way around. I mean, the you know the Swiss were a you know a, a bad penalty away from you know from uh, potentially beating the, the the host team Swedes. I mean, it was all kinds of craziness, you know, all, all tournament long, and and we still got another couple games left for for the countries that survived it to see how it goes, but. Is this the one that the U.S. wins? Well, there's not a lot of opposition in the way, but you know, yeah. again, once the once the Germans can can you know put up a hell of a fight against the Canadians, and once the you know the the Czechs can can beat them, I mean, you know, maybe maybe anybody's beatable, but you know, kind of like we talk about with uh, you know our league, but you know, you got to think that I mean, I I like the Americans over over the Swedes personally, but. You know, I mean, I, you know, I got star spangled glasses there, but you know, I, I feel, but it's also such a weird tournament for for me or other fans of this league because like we don't know who any of these guys are. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's a it's always a weird game that way. I, I certainly wish to take more Western leaguers, but I say that every year. But 
you know, one, but one thing too, though, so, you know, we saw, I think we saw a couple of OHL trades get announced today with, you know, world junior players for, for Canada, and we didn't see any Western League trades. So, I mean, is that a thing where these trades weren't in place or they're still negotiating? I mean, I'm kind of curious about that. I, if, I it's, if it's window dressing I, on that, what do you think, Steve? Somebody said that they're, the the Western League had a uh, has to be a, a one day embargo after the tournament, so I don't know if that's factored on that. I I I mean, my understanding is that the Wenatchee trades are all done, so I mean, we should know over the next forty eight hours or so. I I, would I, think- I I wouldn't surprise me if we heard first thing first thing tomorrow morning. Yeah, well, I would think you wouldn't have been prepared. You know, normally these teams when they're they're making these kinds of trades. Uh, they'd have the the press releases all made up and and have talked to the players and all that kind of stuff. You're you're probably weren't thinking you'd have to do that today because Canada, you know, they expected would have at least have moved on to the semifinals. So I don't think anyone was ready for it. Um, I would anticipate tomorrow it would be when we start to hear. Yeah, I mean, I so, so sometimes you know, and I, I'm I'm not I'm not in these offices. I yeah, I, pay, I still pay money to get in the in the rank and wear a jersey, but. You know, I I thought that you couldn't announce them until the whole tournament was over, no matter where you ended up. But maybe that's just a thing where Canada never gets knocked out on the first day, so it's like not a thing we have to deal with. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. But when the when the the OHL trade started filtering out, I was like, okay, interesting. You know, it's you know, it's kind of maybe re- refreshing the the feed a little a little more so than usual. I got I I got a thing we're gonna hear first thing tomorrow. I think they'll be. I think we'll start to hear it. I, I think it gives you know gives teams a chance to to you know get some play out of it. The you know you're not competing against the world juniors for play. I think it's I think it's one of those things as well. I, I think it you know kind of a good. It gives you the 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 best bang for your buck per se. It's kind of funny though because Swift announces uh, Voracek <laughs> joining their roster today. They teased it yesterday and announced it today. You have to think that some people thought, well, the Czechs would probably lose to Canada this morning, yes. <laughs> and then you make that announcement, and instead it's the Czechs moving on. Dvorak's still got work to do, and they make that announcement today, but don't announce the Canadian players. Yeah. Strange Well, and how about, you know, I mean, Radic Bonk, you know, playing for Canada and you know, I mean, obviously, the the puck deflecting off of your stick, and you know, that's that's the way. It's it literally why why we're superstitious in this game because of goals like that. But I mean, that poor kid. You know, as far as you know, essentially, you know, inadvertently scoring a goal for for his his, his father's country when they committed to Canada. I mean, it's. I, I heard him say on the on the TSN broadcast that you know they they, they better win gold for Canada or else they're going to be. You know, it's going to be hard to justify when they when they go back home and have those conversations, and then it kind of went the opposite way. That's 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 a tough break for him. No, it's such a hard tournament, and you forget how young these guys are because you know, particularly up here, we make such a big deal of it that you know we you put them all up on pedestals, and then you get a kid like Bedard come through who handles everything so well that you you forget he's just just a teenager. So yeah, it's it's and, and, and there's a lot of good. You know, obviously with the World Juniors, but there's also you know some some tough moments for you know, that that you know you have to kind of work your way through, right? Yeah, well, and I think you know one good thing to to come out of this, you know, is people kind of slept on Czechia for a long time, and this was a this was a country that was getting to be real competitive with the elites in this yeah. sport in the late '90s and early 2000s, and slipped, and it's nice to see them come back. You know, they've been good. Uh, they were good last year. Uh, I saw Czechia take the U.S. to within two seconds of knocking them out in the semifinal of the World Under-17 Hockey Challenge in, in a miraculous play. You know, they're a hockey nation that I think is on the rise again, and it shouldn't be a shock because they were so close to being a part of that elite group before that I think they're headed back to it. I mean, that's what it feels like. That's ex- And, I mean, that's... That's the best thing for the game. You know, the more really good countries that we have, obviously, the best things for the game. Yeah, yeah, it's been a been a fun tournament. At least you know, in uh, 
you know, for, I, I assume where audience is mostly Canadian and I hope the tournament was still fun for them, but, uh, <laughs> we still got a couple days left. It's, it's a little tricky, you know, with being during the work day. And I mean, depending on what you do for work, I mean, I have a, I have a much, you know, it, it's a lot harder for me to, to, to get the games in now than, than, it, than it once was, but, uh, but I still get a list in a little bit. So it's, it, it works out good for me personally, but there you go. Steve, Steve, you have any, uh, uh, closing thoughts before we wrap up, wrap a bow on this and let you get back to what you're doing. I'm just excited about the deadline. I, I'm really I I I I had no I lost whatever feel I had for it after the Edmonton Seattle trade, and you know I, I'm I'm expecting to lose more of a feel with the Wenatchee trades, and I I don't know what's going to happen, and and I don't know it's the last I I can't remember last time that that I think we were able to say things like that. Yeah, pretty 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 wide open for for sure, and. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a little, I mean, hopefully people listen to this, you know, before it gets old, before we, there you go. <laughs> before we find out, but, uh, you know, I always appreciate, uh, having you on Steve and, and make sure to everybody, so subs- much, everybody subscribe to your local paper. It's, uh, it's, it's more important uh, now than ever. I know we say that because it is more important now than it was the last time we said it. So it is, it is growing more and more important by the day. I think in some, some cases it's. Newspapers are are having a ha, having a tough go in a lot of cities. So, all right, Steve. Well, it's uh, we are much, eh? I appreciate your time, and and it's uh, it's it's good to hear that you're 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 doing well. You know, on a personal note, that's that's important to uh, We're I, well I and, all of our listeners. So, hey, thanks so much. Right. Thank you. Thanks, Steve.